This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. How are you? Welcome in, guys. It is... Well, you know what? It's appropriate that the show started this way, given the fact that Dave and I last night were at 1.30 in the morning at Circus Sports last night. So it makes sense that we, we would be off to kind of a rocky start because it's been a rocky morning. So it's one of those like, oh, my gosh, what time is it? Alarm went off at 7.45. And I was like, man, I thought I was sleeping in and I didn't. You know, I had to get up at 7.45. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm tired, but I'm good. <laughs> I, I got up and recorded a show already at 6 a.m. So. No, you did not. Yeah. Yeah. I did eight in the box uh, with Brad Hop. Him and I do that every uh, we record. Every so Wednesday. you're you're operating on three hours. Uh, three and a half. Oh, my. You're how do you do that? Um, I'm on five and a half and I'm on fumes. Well, we had we had it was good because I got the show done and then I had a, a guy here to, to fix something in the floor somewhere. Uh, I told you my wife's making appointments. For all these people, somebody showed up at the door and said, we're here to fix this. And I was like, wait a second. I don't even know what you're here to fix. Hold on a second. So thank God grandma was here. We got that taken care of. So, yeah, we've had a busy morning, but we had a long night. We did. Yeah, it was fun, though. It was, was good to man. see some people. It was good yeah. to see the you know, guys who were around and hanging out. And see, I'm trying to find us on YouTube. Matt, I can't find us on YouTube. This is interesting. I've never actually like seen this before, but like, are we live on YouTube or are we just live on Twitter today? No, it's live. I think we made it. It's live. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I can't find us. It says, cause when I click on us on, on the, on the YouTube stream for us being live, it says that we're an old video pops up. I don't know. I don't know, but no, so, the, the, if you just click it, I just clicked it. Mikey awesome's there. Oh, good. Okay. So we're all there. there. All right. So maybe it's just me being a moron. Okay. Audio media news is there. It's, um, it's probably, probably, probably me, me just being a dummy. So, all right, cool. Okay. All right. So let's start quickly talking a little bit about, I want to, I want to get your take on something that we were, we were kind of banging around yesterday Yep. at, at the open as we were sort of watching the the beautiful screens at Circa in this huge entire in, in, in environment. What, what is the feeling in the book right now, knowing what is coming? Like if you're, a bookmaker or you're someone, a ticket taker, like, are you just like trying to catch your breath right now? And you're trying to like save up energy knowing what the next couple of weeks are going to be like? Um, yes. Like for me, it was excitement. Like I loved this month. I, I couldn't wait to get to work. I was the one to volunteer to stay extra. Ooh. I was the one to stay in like, you know, when I was doing the in-game stuff, I couldn't leave. I just, it was, it was, it was March and I would like explain to Jess and the girls. I'm like, listen, I'm going to be leaving early in the morning and you probably will see me when you're going to bed. Just, it's going to be a long couple weeks. I think in the book you have a couple, you know, it's either that where you're, you're all in or you're like, oh no, like this storm is coming. Mm. And for the people that have started in the last couple years here, they don't know like what mm. it was like pre-pandemic. That's what's coming. We 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 were just hanging out yesterday on a Tuesday night, and you know, we saw some people. I mean, it's not like the book was slammed, there was nobody there by the time we left, but those days it's coming. And yeah, I mean, the tournaments are coming. We talked about it last night with you know, I mean, there's gonna be three 
big time, well, two big time and one other college basketball tournament here, where there's people coming to town ready to bet, gamble, drink, party, hang out. Um, all the reservations are being made. Like, I mean, I was getting texts this morning from people like, hey, where should I go watch the book, the games and what book? And I'm like, um, <laughs> if you haven't already made plans, you're it's in trouble be tough to find a seat in yeah. a lot of these places. When did the buying or, or charging for seats start in Vegas? Do you remember? Because it wasn't always like that. No, it wasn't always like that. Um, I know the year at the Cosmo, I was there, I think 2017, 2018. The biggest party that I had ever seen up to that point was at the Cosmo. And I forget what they, hoops and hops and hoops. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, but they did it in a ballroom, though, right? Gigantic. Yeah, ballroom. they took it off the off the floor and put it into a ballroom. It, it outgrew anything we were doing in the book, right? So they're like, "Where should we put it?" And they put it in a room where, like, Bill Burr did <laughs> did stuff, or there were shows, legitimate shows, yeah. and we set up auxiliary windows, made it all about March Madness. They put a, a two half court basketball courts in there so you could go shoot hoops charge three hundred dollars a person to get i remember in, that yeah you know and you got drinks and you got ballpark food and stuff but that's all becoming that's all coming back this year because they used it they used the same model for the derby right yeah so they so they took it once martin march madness worked they had the concept like this works they kept on recreating it in the cosmo became like the place to go it was for the kentucky derby or for like one-off big events People come into town, they would go there in the Derby because Cosmo skews female, their Derby parties are legendary, like the hats and it's all the whole deal. It's, it's awesome. But I mean, like books have been doing Derby parties for years in auxiliary places than the book because mm. the regular action in the book is enough, but the overflow was too much. Right. I mean, I remember watching, going back to my time at the Golden Nugget, even before the remodel that the book is now. The Derby Day was not, you, you didn't even look up from your window for eight hours. You were just mm. taking bets, taking bets, taking bets. And then when the race started, it was wall-to-wall people, jam-packed. Um, that's what March Madness has become, man. It's it's exciting because we haven't had it for a couple of years. I, I can't wait to see, you know, whether we're doing a show from a book. I mean, we, mm -hmm. you, we did it at the Venetian mm -hmm. um, or at the Palazzo one day. And you saw they opened up. Um, what's that place called? The Palazzo. The, well, it was called the Gazi Stadium, yeah. but they now opened it's it up. Nothing. <laughs> it wasn't open until that week, and then they yeah. opened it, and we saw. I mean, like people in the seats, and all I'm surprised they haven't reached out to me. But to be quite honest, I'm surprised they haven't said we couldn't do it there in the in that room because it's not feasible. It's sort of crazy, but like. Matt Farah used to shoot like with his brother, Dave and Matt Brown. That's how I got to know those guys real well, because they did a fantasy show out of there. And I was doing stuff with them. Like there are like high def, um, really expensive cameras still in that room yep. <laughs> from when Matt was in there doing, doing stuff before. So like, it's, it's remarkable how the city comes to life. And I'll still say this to everybody. The, the best secret of Vegas is weekend number two of the tournament. No it question. is the if you're thinking about coming to Vegas, everyone's like, oh, that Thursday, Friday. Okay. 
But like Dave said, have fun Friday finding a seat. The second weekend, it's paradise. You, you've got a runway. Like you can come here, you can get rooms, you can get spots at the book, and you can actually watch a game instead of being, you know, drinking out of a fire hose and being like, wait, there's four games going on at once and wait, in game here. Oh no, it's fun. People like being frantic like that, but I would prefer to actually like watch a game <laughs> and like four games, watching them in, in eight games, eight games, four games, four games. I would prefer to do that personally from a betting perspective to be able to actually handicap and watch an in-game wager versus Thursday and Friday, which is 16 games each day. And it's madness. Literally. It's just, it's, absolute it's chaos. way better. I, I, I started that. I came here before I moved here the first weekend. We did it twice. And then I came myself the second year, the second weekend. And I was like, I looked around and I was like, this is paradise. <laughs> and I told everyone that year, we're never going again the first weekend. Trust me, we're going the second weekend. We could get golf course yep. tee times wherever yep. we wanted. We could stay wherever we wanted. We ate wherever we wanted. And then we were treated like VIPs for just betting regular stuff. Right. Because the crowds weren't there. Yep. It's it's a hidden secret that unfortunately, I mean, a lot of people are lost watching and listening to the show. We may, you know, eventually ruin that. But if you need a, a, a Vegas experience for March Madness and don't want that crowd or to kind of, you know, go bust in paying for it, come the second weekend. It's awesome. Mm. So Mike is asking if you and I, Dave, will ever go back into a studio. And I, I think this answer is kind of a static answer for us right now. Until it makes sense for us to do it, the answer is no. Like right. it has to make sense. Right. right now, it doesn't make sense. And just to go into a studio to do a studio show, I don't think it really makes a lot of sense for us to do that. So personally, I, it's not that I won't go into a studio or won't go into a casino, but my answer is why? Because we can talk to everybody like this. We yeah. can do the show like this. We can grow the show like this. And it's an easier pull, easier lift for everyone to not go into a studio. So like right. if we were on a very large television platform, which one day hopefully we will be, if we were on a platform that needed us to be in studio, then yeah, like that's when we would hire other people. Like we would like build our own McAfee version. Like we would go ahead and have different people. Like we would build out a studio and then like we'd have different people come in and the show will grow. This show today in two years will look totally different. We don't know where we're going. We just know it's going to look totally different. But yep. the easy answer is we don't have to. Like we don't need to. And I don't think we really want to until it makes sense for the show for us to actually to be on the same room. I had a ball being in LA with you and doing the show with me, you and Matt together. That was that super was. fun. That was. And I think we're going to do more live shows like that as we go, as the, the events with March Madness and other things happening down the pike, Derby and whatnot. The NFL draft, for instance, here in Vegas, will definitely be somewhere in Vegas and driving. I have a feeling we could actually, there's, there's, a, if I was putting on prices, we might be like out on the lake at the Bellagio doing a show. For the NFL draft. Nothing is off the table right now for the wow. NFL draft. I I, I how I do you am, get an internet connection? I listen, in the I don't know all the technical aspects of it. 
But, Poor Matt. Matt's like, what are you talking I about? Know, I <laughs> He's know. Like, what I'm do you mean? I can't shoot a shot. Like, what are you talking I, about, Dave? I know. <laughs> I got you, bro. I, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we threw it together in a day in LA and we had a legitimate, like nice little set. Oh yeah. By day three, we were great. But the first two days we were like, let's try this. Let's try that. And Matt yeah, was running no, around well, every morning. Well, by Friday, it was a well-oiled <laughs> yeah, we machine. We were good. <laughs> it was a well-oiled machine. But like people noticed that right away. So, I mean, anything is, is on the table. Um, you know, people watching the show and listen, we're in Vegas, but you know, we like to travel. We've been to other places. We and we will. Shows yeah. in different places. So I, I think the road show thing is cool. There's yeah. all kinds of ideas. And- so you guys had to see this. So, so like last night we're sitting and we told these two dudes, we give them a shout out. You might, you probably remember their names. I don't. Pistol Pete and Thomas. Bang. So we're sitting there. So Pistol <laughs> Pete turns around. He's wearing his Georgia Bulldog hat and he goes, you, <laughs> I know if you, I know you from YouTube. <laughs> And then he looks and he's like, yeah, we do the show that that's Matt. And he looks at me and he's like, I was thinking that was you, but I didn't know that was you. I wasn't exactly sure, but I know that's him. And that's, and he's like, what's up guys. And we're like, Hey, hi, what's going on? Dave got recognized four times in Circo with 10 people in the book. It's hilarious. Literally so 10 funny. people in the book. And they're like, Hey, Hey, I know you, I know you Those <laughs> and people was, from Kansas. were really excited. Yeah, They were, they were really fired excited. up. They were like, Hey, big fans, you know? Blah, yeah. 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 Blah. They were all in. It was, that was really funny yesterday to, to yeah. kind of go like, okay. Like those are the moments where you start to like, like the YouTube, we love you guys who, who are on the chat, who are like our diehards. And we, we will come up with a name for you at some point because no question. I don't know what to call you. Like the BVB army is too, you know, ridiculous. Everyone's everyone does that, but like, right. we'll come up with some cool name for you guys who are dying. What does McAfee call his friends? Oh, shucks. Uh, He's got some name for the, the he, he calls them not the, the degenerates or something. He, he, you know, we'll come up with some fun name yeah. for you guys to be a part of knowing that you guys are, are part of the show. And like, we'll have t-shirts made and we'll do, we'll have hats and all the cool stuff. Oh, like yeah. the BVB logo. I've already been asked by a bunch of people saying like, Guys, I need that on a logo. I need a hat. I mean, like a, on a white hat, that middle logo that's on the screen will look pop. will look tight. It'll look really, really oh. nice. So we got all these. We, we we got big, big plans coming. I mean, I was on a phone call before the show for for potentially for for our show to go on a TV network. So like we're right. we're doing all sorts of these. You know, these are big conversations we're having. So it's yep. super cool when we're at on a Tuesday night in Circa, and there's literally ten people, and four of them are walking right. up to Dave and being like. Dave, what's going on? How are you? What's new? So last night was last night was really, really cool and, and really fun. Um, what wasn't cool and what wasn't fun is that Major League Baseball has decided to cancel the first two series for the first time in over 20 years. Baseball is having a labor stoppage, 156 games as of now. But what happens to all the tickets, Dave? What do we do? 160 is the is the games played stipulation. It's pretty much standard. That's what we used all the time. So if you had any season win bets or any of that stuff, um, it's basically a void. You, you know, you should probably get your money back soon if you haven't already. World Series futures, pennant futures still live. Division futures, you got to check your books. Um, each one will vary because I think I mean, I would leave the division futures up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to jeopardize that. I know when I saw that proposal with allowing all these teams in the playoffs, I was thinking, oh, I got to adjust everything. 
Like mm-hmm. everybody's live now. If 14 teams get in, like I would actually lower the Pirates number. Wow. The Pirates haven't been in the playoffs in a while and they keep losing games. And But what that will do will affect the favorites. The prices will get better because now more teams can win it. So the Dodgers price should go from if they're three to one, I would make it five to one or six to one to allow the pool to adjust. You know, you have to keep the prices fair. You should never just move all prices down. Some books do that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's discouraging. It was actually, you know, and, and you know, again, we had a, a really good conversation about it. Um, as a baseball fan, it stinks. Um, as someone in the content space with sports betting, it stinks. Um, Let me run something by you because this is an offshore, so we don't mention the offshores, but they sent me this email today. Mm-hmm. Here are. When will the 2022 regular season start? You can bet on this? Yep, offshore, you can bet on this. Here are the odds for it to start in May, plus 175. May 1st? I'm assuming May 1st, but in May. It just says May. Oh, it just says May. Okay. It says May, the whole month. Okay, go ahead. The whole month of May, plus plus 175. Okay. June, plus 200. July or later, plus 250. Okay. For no season, plus 500. April start, 550, plus 550. April's the longest odds? April is the longest odds. Wow. They are projecting the entire first month of the season to be wiped out. Jeez. Total games played over under 125, sorry, 120 and a half. Minus one ten on both sides. Wow. What do you ta- What are you taking? Over under one twenty and a half. One twenty and a half is, is that's the whole month of April gone. Yeah, that actually probably starts May tenth. It's not okay. like May first. Um, man, after yesterday, I think I take under. You think we're going less than hundred and twenty games? Well, I mean, based on the the rhetoric, I haven't read the articles yet because it's bad. I went to sleep and I was like, oh, I bookmarked this. I bookmarked this and I'm going to do it today. I got baseball on my mind. I'm wearing it. This is a Miami Giants hat from from the uh, this is a a Marlins hat. That's not a Marlins. No, no, no. Oh, Miami Giants. um, Sweet collection. Yesterday I wore that Brooklyn one. Mm. Um, I picked up a couple. They're absolute art pieces, these things. I mean, this underbill is blue. Anyhow, I'm thinking about baseball, and I'm like, okay, what is going to happen? Like, you know, and the boys were asking me last night. We were talking about what replaces this handle. I have no idea. I mean, this is like thinking about being in a book in June when there's only NBA finals. and Like maybe Stanley Cup will still be going and nothing else. But it's one game a day. That's what I mean. Like, so it's like, I mean, the ratings will be enormous. The handle will be stupid, but it's one game. Yeah. Yeah. So it stinks. I, 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 uh, what do the sports books do in Vegas at at three o'clock in the afternoon? Nothing on. (laughs) They're going to cut back staff. They're going to cut back everything. There's going to be nobody in the books. There's going to be like, I just know the ramifications of all of it. It's terrible. Like, how about Florida and Arizona? Those markets that need spring training, like they're going to have a, a very quick. If they have spring training, 
Like they may do spring training in their home markets like they did in COVID. Say, hey, it's April. Don't go to Florida. Don't go to Arizona. Just go to LA. Go to, you know, go to Dallas. Go to Houston. Like you don't need to go to a to a cactus league or a, a grapefruit league. Oh yeah. There's no then it's April becomes spring training. And then You're there's right. no need. That sucks. That's that's horrible for those markets. It's awful. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of like just build up to the momentum of the season. Can AAA baseball replace any of it if they start booking AAA baseball? So the local places here were booking the the Las Vegas Aviators games every day. Um, No, it won't replace anything. It'll be a blip on the radar. It won't even be a blip. It'll be an occasional bet here and there. There'll be very little handle on it. College baseball? College baseball will get the initial bump from it, yes. You know, we kind of talked about college baseball and how to bet it. It's not going to be any bargain for the books. They're going to be like, man, what do? how do we even make lines on this? It'll be interesting to see if we get the micro markets in the split off of college baseball to try to replace it. Mm. Yes, no, first run inning, um, you know, run lines, micro first five totals. Because usually college baseball is just a money line and then sometimes a total. Right. But it's a different game. I mean, it's aluminum bats. It's a big disparity in like, you know, pitchers that are legitimate major leaguers are going to be, they're dominant in college baseball. You can't make a number that's going to entice a bet on the other side. Bet favorites. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right, so we're going under 120 and a half games. I hope I'm wrong. I so we so we're betting May plus one 175 on yeah. May to start. We're gonna miss the entire I, month of baseball. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing it for a reason. Like you know, you said it last night. It clicked as soon as you said it. They don't need April baseball. Mm-hmm. They don't. This is their. It's way a negotiation out. to the owners. It saves them money in some ways. Yeah, the kids are still in school. There's crap weather all over the East Coast, all over the Northeast. There's nothing Philly, New York, Boston, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. There's just, there's no weather. The, the, the weather stinks. Nobody wants to go to games. No one wants to be outside. You can have April snows in Cleveland. You can have lake effect snow coming through. Right. And like Chicago is, 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 is nasty and windy and gross. And no one wants to go outside and play baseball. So the owners essentially lose money for, by paying the players what their normal game rate is, knowing they're going to make it back up come, you know, Memorial Day. And that's what I, I think that now, now that we've missed opening day, like that's the holiday, right? You missed opening day now. So opening day's out. The next, you know, poll, if you will, in the season is Memorial Day. Correct. So that's the next pressure point, in my opinion, up to like, all right, so we've lost the first week. We're heading towards losing the first month. Will we lose the first two months? Memorial Day would be a breaking point and the owners would start to hurt. But two for two full months of the season being gone. How do you book? Can you still book futures if it's uh, if you've lost 80 games? I, I can tell you this. I was in the room when we did, when we booked the 60-game season uh, with COVID. There was no interest at all in betting. Wow. We, we, we readjusted the prices. They, they literally said, we're going to add a couple playoff teams. And, you know, I was with Tony. We were sitting there like, all right, well, what do we do? 
the first thing we had to do was go get the lawyer and say, we got to change all these rules, wow. these house rules, because we wanted to book it, but none of the stipulations applied to anything that was going to happen. So we had to talk to him. What can we do? This and that. And then all the individual stuff, we didn't do anything. There's no batting crown. There's no, there's no MVP. Huh. There's no anything. It just, it became such a battle to try to make it possible. We chose not to do it. Now, I mean, Westgate just put up a couple, a week ago, a deep, deep menu of Cy Young, uh, MVP, batting crown, stolen base props, all this stuff that they normally do. And that's a lot of work. I mean, I give right. those guys credit. They put out a ton of stuff. It's probably all Nolan boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. That's just as, I mean, I think as, as sports fans, like if you're MLB network, right. Oh. And you're in your entire, like you just talk baseball <laughs> and like, how long can you talk about the lockout? Like how many hours in a day can you fill like MLB? I tweeted this yesterday. MLB.tv sent me an email that said, Hey, we're going to extend your 2021 subscription. So you can watch all the old games from last year and we won't charge you. <laughs> it's oh, like, thanks. thanks. Um, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to watch games that already happened that I don't care about. Like I would like to watch real games and they're like, we'll update you as the labor dispute goes. Once it's over, we will charge you for your MLB.tv 2022 subscription type thing. And like, fine. Like, yes, I want it and I'll pay for it and whatnot. But like, it's still incredibly frustrating to get an email like that. And it's borderline tone deaf on a lot of levels. Like you should just probably like give the whole season to the fans now, like don't charge for 2022. Like it's free for everybody because it's not borderline tone deaf. It is tone deaf. Yeah. Like you're losing the market. You're, you're losing kids. You're losing people every day. And like, what are you going to do to make this up? You can't make this up. Like it's once the games are gone, they're gone and not for COVID, not for some unforeseen situation that you didn't see coming. You're arguing over dollars. You're arguing over money. And I mean, Rob Manfred needs to stop smiling. He needs to stop laughing. He needs to stop doing this because people are getting really mad that like you're getting yours and you're not worried because it doesn't hurt you yet. But everyone around the game that all these, you know, secondary and third tier businesses that are built around the games being played, they're all going to get hurt. Yeah. And no one's, no one's talking about them. No one's talking about the guy who runs the bar. That's a block away from Wrigley field. No one's talking about the the hot dog vendor that's outside on Lansdowne street, outside of, outside of Fenway park. Like no one's talking about these people who make their living based upon a crowd showing up 81 times a year to this ballpark. And you could say, well, that's not our fault. We don't care. They chose to go into that business, blah, blah, blah. Whatever excuse you want to come up with, it's still, it's going to hurt real people who really work. They're the ones who are going to get hurt. And the millionaire, billionaire, whatever situation they can go, eh, not a big deal. I'm 100% in agreement there. There's, there's, there's so many levels of this thing that it runs deep. And when you really get to it, you're like, you're 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 arguing over this like i it, 
you saw the reaction of some people. I mean, we had complete strangers looking at that screen going, man, I wish this guy would shut up. <laughs> That's what people feel right now. And I mean, remember, we're both old enough to remember the last time this happened. It took a year, two years, and then it took Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire to bring it all back. That's it. Took, it. it took it, the juice. It took it all. It took it took steroids to bring baseball back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what what are they going to do now? Juice the ball even more? And then I mean, oh, yeah. you, you're going to need something like that. We know. had an historic chase for 61, and everyone was glued to it. And then baseball came back, and baseball right. owners were able to survive. People forgot about you know lockouts and games being missed and everything else. But the gambling side of it makes it more complicated now. There's so many teams that are, have all these relationships and plans and people, you know, it's become what much more of a widespread thing now. And now the game's being missed. People who have bet on their team, their future bets or whatever, like I guarantee there's people going like, wait, what my, like you're giving me the money back. Like the vet, what do you mean? The bets voided. Like they're learning the hard lesson about house rules and Uh. it's, it's complicated. And I mean, I was looking at the odds you know, at Circa last night, and we're just like, okay, so what happens if it's 140? What happens if it's 120? What happens if it's 100? What happens if it's 100 games with 14 teams in the postseason? Like, what right. the, how the hell do you book that? Like, how do you come up with a number? Uh, it's a sprint. It's the same way the Dodgers won the World Series. Yes. They won the World Series in a 60-game season, and everyone's yes. like, that was the hardest World Series ever. I'm like, guys, what are you talking about? Like they played a half a year. If we crowned the halfway all-star game leader, the champion every year, we'd have a much different look to who has won championships in major league baseball. Like they might actually do that too, by the way, they, there's some minor leagues that do a first half winner. Oh no. A second half winner. And they play each other for a championship. And then they play, right? They, yeah. So, I think the PCL, does the PCL league do that? I think so. Somebody, hate, there's oh. some minor leagues that do it. Um, or the P, yeah, PCL, Pacific Coast League. I mean, yeah. with a shortened season, that may be a more equitable way to do it. You know, I don't know. I it, It's all new and it's all like going to be met with resistance and questions and things like that where you're just like, man, I just don't know. By the way, did you see Devin Booker's not playing tonight? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'll what's the what's number now for Phoenix? Protocols. Out of what? COVID? Health and safety protocols. So COVID. Wow, we haven't had one of those in a while. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. All right, so speaking of Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury and the GM are both coming back. What does this mean for Kyler Murray that they're extending to 2027, both these dudes? Got it. Does this mean Murray either forces a trade, has a holdout, if you had to guess right now, do you think Kyler Murray wants to play for Cliff Kingsbury? Nope. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it's just just reading the tea leaves from where I'm at. No, I don't think he does. Um, Pittsburgh? Where's the landing? Where would be a logical landing spot for, for a Cardinal quarterback? AFC team, right? Has to be. Houston? Oh, Goodness gracious, trade him to Houston. Kyler's from Texas. That's, I mean, he's from, I'm trying to think where he's, I think he's from the Dallas area, right? 
because that's where he plays high school. But they all they play the high school championship in yeah. Jerry's world, so everyone plays there. I don't know where in Texas he's from, but that's where I thought. That's a good. That's a good read. I mean, yeah. that's a interesting. They have the draft picks to do it, and they you know they brought in another coach for whatever reason, <laughs> and you know uh, it's it's just looking at it again. From what's the- Murray worth? Oh, I have no idea. Former number one pick overall, twenty four year old quarterback who's a two time Pro Bowler. Take the Watson accusation oh, off. Can't the table. stay healthy, by the way. No, can't stay healthy. Take take the Watson that. accusation off off the off the table for just one second and just talk about the player himself. Who would command more, Watson or Murray? Watson's got a contract that's large. Without the baggage, I think yes. it's Murray. Take take the baggage. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Younger. Yep. Cheaper. Cheaper. That's why. I'm not saying that's the right answer, but I think that can be that would be the the agent's negotiating tactic to get more. I think you know GM might say well, you have to pay more because of this, right? That you're looking at or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's just another twist and turn in this thing. Like, I mean, I don't know what the end goal is for him. I mean, like Arizona just, I think they spoke loud and clear. Coach is going to be here. The GM is going to be here. Do you want to be here? Yep. All right. You keep playing the games with the social media. Okay. You know, Phoenix, by the way, does that, how does that resonate? If the team says we're going coach and GM, these are our guys. Does that make it more difficult for Murray? Oh yeah. Right. Doesn't it read that just, I, I never, I never lived in Phoenix, so I can't say, but it feels like this is a, almost like a preemptive line in the sand saying, Hey, Kyler, you're not telling us who our coach and our GM is going to be get on board or we can figure out a way to get you out of here. Right. We'll franchise tag you this year. You'll get what you get. And then after that, we'll, we'll decide whether we want to keep you or not. I mean, you can choose to be here, but this is, this is who you're going to be here with pick what you want to do. And whether you follow us on on the socials or not, we don't care. Like, I think mm. I think it was it was it was that type of decision being made. And the fan base, listen, they're this close. Like they're they're right there. They made the playoffs again, and would arguably is the hardest division of football. They got a, I mean, they're going to host the Super Bowl next year. Right expectations. I mean, the Bucks. Hosted a Super Bowl and got there and won it. The Rams Stadium hosted a Super Bowl. The Rams got there and won it. What would be the odds if I gave you the odds in 2020? No, 2019. If I told you that three consecutive teams are going to host a Super Bowl in their home and win the Super Bowl in their home, what are the odds on that? It had never been done before. In 54 years, right? I would have lost everything. I would have I'd have given you whatever odds you wanted. I'd have let you bet it. If we'd have put it up in the book, I'd be a hundred percent unemployed. I'd have been like, done. Sheriff, get out of here. What you said this was never gonna happen, and look what happened. Um, the odds are I, I don't even know where to begin to calculate how many zeros we'd have to put on that. A three-game parlay. 
with everything that happens in the NFL with free agency, health, and all this stuff, the team that hosts the Super Bowl is going to host it and win it three years in a row? <laughs> I wouldn't never – I'm mean, at the numbers. Would, stupid. Stupid. Just stupid numbers. Stupid high. And it's yeah. – it, could happen. I mean, not to the Cardinals are going to win at all, but even back-to-back years, the odds of it happening on back-to-back years would, would have been ridiculous. Super high. Super high. Super and, it, high. and it happened. And so it's like, um, maybe this is a thing now. <laughs> Knock on wood, Raiders in 2024. <laughs> maybe do it four years in a row. Wow. Cardinals win it. Raiders win it. Like, why not? Let's just do the whole runs and, oh, and see what happens. Uh, so the Lakers lose again last night. Uh, the number mattered. Opened at four. Overnight betting where I got it at minus four. Yeah. It closed at five and a half. Final number, layup, good. False five. <laughs> Burned a lot of people. Bet it early, you won. Bet it late, you lost on the hook. I bet four, so I was able to get the win there on minus four for the Mavericks last night. But what do you make of the Lakers? We talked about it yesterday a little bit about them just being a fade. Uh, LeBron says they got a lot left. Westbrook did a whole like hat interview where his head was down. Yeah. What was that? What, what, what was They're embarrassed. They're getting embarrassed. They don't have Anthony Davis. They led almost the entire second half until about the like five minute mark of the fourth quarter. And then the Mavs went into close mode and the Lakers had no answer. Couldn't stop Luca. Couldn't stop penetration. Couldn't play any defense. And Luca and company goes in there. They took the lead and you know, over the last three minutes, Lakers didn't really do anything last night. It was pretty not even bad. They scored a bucket. Yeah, it was ugly. I mean, it was bad. I don't know, man. Uh, if I gave you a yes, no, will they be in the play-in? And I said yes was minus 120. I got plus money on the no? You get even money on the no. Yes, minus 120, even money on the no. What are you betting? I probably am going to bet them. I'll lay the minus 120 on the yes that they get in because I can't see LeBron. Like, they'll beat bad enough teams to get to the 10 seed. Like, they got to be really bad <laughs> to, to not be the 10 seed. They're the nine seed today, a yeah. game ahead of the 10 and two games ahead of the 11. Yeah, I think LeBron will keep them. Like, LeBron might just go into full blow, like, if he wants to go into hero ball mode and just like get out of my way, we're making the play in. I just don't know if LeBron wants to do that. Like that's my, my wonder is like, if you put a gun to LeBron's head and you're like, Hey man, you got about 16 games left in the season. You want to play in the playoffs? And he's like, nah, man, <laughs> I want to go home. I, I got, I, I got a wine cellar. Like bleep this place. I'm good. All right. I'm going to go watch Bronny play AAU all summer. Right. Bye guys. I'm good. We'll probably see him here a lot this summer, right? Like he'll come and he'll be yep. here for summer league. For his kids, for his kids summer league. And yeah, I mean, all that, I mean, that's uh, watching that team. They're lifeless. They have no energy. They, they, they get hot in spurts, but Westbrook shoots crazy, horrible shots all the time. If LeBron's not hitting miracles, they're in real trouble trying to score the basketball because him and Carmelo Chuck bricks consistently right now still trying to figure out at what point did somebody say let's go get carmelo it's gonna help like i i just when you see it well well i mean in in their defense okay what they thought they were gonna have was anthony davis at the four to be able to either rebound or stretch defenses out with a shot with a with a mid-range jumper westbrook to penetrate 
kick to Melo to shoot the three, and LeBron's the closer. That's what they thought was going to happen. But now you take Anthony Davis off the roster, it screws everything up. The roster doesn't make any sense. So it's all mismatched. And LeBron is not playing the way LeBron is. You know, you guys have been in the league forever. So like here we are in February going into March, now going into April, like you're starting to see them slow down. Like he's just getting towards the end of the season. And Westbrook is an absolute horrific addition for that team. Makes no sense. It's crazy. I heard this morning on SportsCenter, this is the most losses in a regular season for a team that LeBron's been on ever. Yeah. They're not done yet. Not even close to being done. They're not done yet. Not even close. Their projection right now is to win 36 games. <sighs> that is. I mean, that's another nine wins. Like, that's if they play like 500 the rest of the way. I'm so mad at myself because I don't, I didn't bet the under on the Lakers win total and I knew it. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, bet it, bet it, bet it, bet it, bet it. And then I didn't bet it. And I was like, mad at myself for that because I, because you just saw it. I, and that was before Camelo that, that was, that was just the Westbrook edition. I was like, this isn't going to work. Right. Westbrook's not going to be a good addition for this team. And then they had another mismatch piece in Carmelo. And it's like, that was really not going to work. Yeah. And LeBron has structured this entire team. This is what he did in Cleveland. They allowed him to, they, they got all the pieces that LeBron wanted. And he was like, Oh no, I don't like this. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and he left. Yeah. And so it's the same thing now where they got everything from LeBron and LeBron now is letting it leak out that he wants to go play with his kid and he'll go wherever they want. And he's talking about Cleveland I going home. Good luck with that. I think it's possible. I really do. I think Cleveland would give up a lot to get LeBron back. I don't think they want him. Really? I don't think so either. I'm with Farrah. The, you're telling me you you two are telling me that the Cleveland Cavaliers, if they're offered to trade for LeBron James, they say no. I mean, Score. the team might want them, but I don't think the city's going to get behind them again. Scorched earth, man. What do you mean he had a standing ovation the entire All Star weekend? Everywhere he went, LeBron got standing O's. I don't know. Who knows? That's, they love him. Oh, I, I I I highly have a hard time seeing the Cleveland Cavalier fan base not welcoming LeBron James back with open arms. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Come oh, on, no. they were. They're building something. I don't know what they'd have to give up. A lot, they're, they're Garland. They have to give up. Team. <laughs> they give up they're, a lot to get them. I mean, they have young players yep. that they're establishing an identity. Their season wins, they're over already by like 10 wins. Their yeah. season wins was 26 and a half or 27 and a half. They have 36 wins. They're the four seed if the season ended today. They're going to blow all that up to come celebrate a year of LeBron playing with his kid? Mm, I, don't think they, I don't think they'd blow it up. I think they would They would trade one, one of their stars and then probably a lot of draft picks which may not be that valuable to be quite honest. Right. The team is pretty good. So right. it's more or less, you're just going to accommodate LeBron. Lakers, Lakers, Hey, you won a championship. Got one year left on this deal. This summer, we're going to go, go ahead and, and, and make the trade and move you. They should trade both. They should trade Anthony Davis and they should trade LeBron both. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I said it in LA. You guys thought I was crazy. I know. No, you said it. And it made sense, but like, 
people heard you say it and they're like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm, they should trade both LeBron at the trade deadline. They should trade LeBron and, in the off season. They should trade, they should trade LeBron and they should trade Anthony Davis and they should start over and they should try to find a way to go find the next LeBron. Like they're going to have to be really aggressive to, to, and they're going to have to stink for a bit. They're going to have to be the Clippers for a little while. And they're just, LA is not comfortable with that, but you've put yourself in this yeah. position. You went all in for a championship and you won a championship. Problem is you won it during COVID and there wasn't parades and there wasn't celebrations and there wasn't like getting capitalized the way that you wanted to, because it was a bubble season and it was awkward and weird and you didn't have ticket sales and TV ratings were there, but you didn't make the same money you would have made in a non COVID year. And so that's a little wonky. It's the same thing with the Dodgers, you know, yeah. Dodgers snapped this long streak. Okay. I mean, you won a championship, but you won it during COVID and Teams didn't get to market and market and capitalize on the same type of thing that they usually do. So I don't know. I blow, I would blow it up personally if I were the Lakers this offseason. Uh all right. Your Philly 76ers yes. are laying 10 and a half tonight. Yes, they are. Against the Knicks at home. Yes, they are. This feels really heavy, no? It is. It's 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 clearly heavy. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not gonna cover the Knicks are in a complete spiral, yeah. like downwards. This will be, the Knicks will be leading this game at some point in the first half. So I don't think if you have um, in so game wagering, wherever you're at, you, mm-hmm. can wait. you don't have to lay 10 and a half in this game. But the Sixers are winning this game. There's not, I mean, they're definitely winning tonight. Um, you know, they're comfortable with the ten and a half weight. You could probably lay five and a half. I love that. Anything under seven number, I think it's good. Sixers win again. The Knicks aren't going to be able to. Uh, I don't know. The Knicks feel like they're completely going. Like they may have to blow up whatever they're <laughs> talking about trading for Zion, and they may need to make a move like that at some point. Um, but I, I, I like the Sixers tonight. All right. So Jim Root's coming on at 11 o'clock to help us talk about the games, the college basketball games tonight, including we'll get into a bunch of them. LSU Arkansas, there's some good games tonight in college basketball. So he's, he's coming on here at 11 o'clock. So let's, before we get him on though, let's do our small school conference tournament. How'd we contest. do yesterday? You beat the living dog crap out of me. What are you talking about? You blasted me. Really? So you went, did Lipscomb cover? Did we see that? I don't, uh, let me see. I believe they did. So I went, uh, I went three and seven. Okay. And you went seven and three, I believe. Oh, really? You beat the living daylights out of me yesterday. Lipscomb covered. Yes. Okay. So you went seven and three. Cause I got IUPUI covered my 23. So I, I covered plus 23. Okay. We both got Detroit right, and we both got Lipscomb right. Okay. Everything else, you crushed me. Oh, my. <laughs> Everything else. Wow. You, you, so I start with a – I have a four-game deficit as we head towards Wednesday here for oh us. Okay. I got to make up four games here today for our small school tournament. All right. So uh, there's already been a game played today. Yeah, there was a morning game. What the hell? I didn't even know that. Oh, that's too bad. So NC A&T, North Carolina A&T 
overtime winner over Radford. So, okay. So we have an 11 o'clock time. That game went to overtime 78, 71, the win for, for North. So, okay. So here we go in the big South championship game, Charleston, Southern five and 24 UNC Asheville, 16 and 13 UNC Asheville laying 10 and a half points. Lay it. I'm taking favorite. I want NC Asheville. Where is the big South being played? Is this on, on campus? Bojangles Coliseum. So it's on campus. Yeah. Bojangles is a North Carolina company. All right. Yeah. I'm with you. I'll lay, I'll lay it too. We're we're both going to lay the UNC Ash minus 10 and a half. Hampton up against high point. Hampton is nine and 18 high point in the big South 13 and 17 high point is favored by six, six. Um, We'll go dog there. Oh, I was gonna go dog too. I can do the same thing. Okay, so we're, going, we're both okay. on we're both on Hampton with, with the right. plus of six. You go first this one. Okay. Uh Central Connecticut up against Bryant. Bryant is favored by 17 points. Oh. Eight and 23 Central Connecticut. Bryant is nine and nineteen in the Northeast Conference Tournament quarterfinal. I'm gonna lay the 17 points on this. I think Bryant's gonna roll here. Dog. Okay. I'll take Central Connecticut. Central Con. I can't bet on teams from Connecticut. They can go all screw. <laughs> uh St. Francis of PA, nine and twenty, Ugh. up against Wagner, nine and fifteen. Wagner minus eleven. I'll lay Wagner. I'll lay the eleven with Wagner. I'll take St. Francis. Uh Sacred Heart, ten and nineteen. Up against Long Island, 15 and 13. Long Island laying eight and a half. Mm. Oh, give me Long Island. Very nice. I'm taking Sacred Heart. Okay. That's I was going with that with them on, on plus eight and a half. And while well, I'm laying 17, we're laying 10. We're taking eight. No sex here. Okay. Uh let's see. My uh St. Francis BK. Who's that? Brooklyn, St. Francis of Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Uh, up against Mount St. Mary, you got 10 and 19 St. Francis, 13 and 15 Mount St. Mary, Mount St. Mary's is laying seven. Still not a team with a winning record in any of these games. You're giving me these records. It's insane, right? These favorites like these numbers. I'm taking the dog. 126 is the total. Wow. Give me the points. I'm taking the dog. Uh, plus seven. I, I'll take Mount St. Mary's just based upon name recognition. Minus seven. We'll go with them on that. Which state uh, is Mount St. Mary's in? Um, shoot. Is that a New England school? It is. It, right? Vermont? Is that a yes. Vermont? I think, I think, I think it's that's, in Vermont. I think that's right. I think you're right about that. Uh, okay. Ohio Valley. Southeast University, right? S-I-U-E? Where's that? Evansville? I don't know. Southeastern South, Indiana. Uh, yeah. South Indiana Southern, University of Evansville, Southern right? Illinois University at Edward. At Edwardsville. There it is. Thank you. Yes. 11 and 20. Tennessee State, 13 and 17. Ohio Valley Conference Championship first round. Tennessee State laying four. Who do you want? You get to go first. I will take Tennessee State. Same with me. Okay. Uh, Presbyterian, 12 and these are all losing records. We, oh, we have finally a winning record. Presbyterian 12 and 19 against Campbell 15 and 12 laying Campbell laying four and a half. Oh my goodness. Um, 
Give me the favorite. Give me Campbell. <laughs> Uh, for the sake of the show, I'll go with Presbyterian. Just take 125 the dog. is the total in that game. I just laid points with a total 125. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, and one more the in the Ohio Valley. Tennessee Tech is 10 and 20 up against Austin P, who's 12 and 16. Tennessee Tech is laying two against Austin Ooh, P. I have, Austin P have always been a big fan just because of their cheers. <laughs> And what, and, what and cheers? What are we talking about? Let's go pee. Let's go pee. That's what they say. In the game. <laughs> they say, let's, let's go, go pee. pee. That's what they say. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. It's and the whole, when they're good, the whole, the whole arena does it. Everybody wow. just chants it. But um, let's go pee. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm taking them just because they do that. I didn't know yeah. that. I, so we'll take I, Austin I P too. plus two. I am too. All right. So our, We've got more similarities, but I'm on Bryant. You're on Central Connecticut. I'm taking Wagner. You're on St. Francis. Uh, I'm taking Mount St. Mary's. You're taking St. Francis. The other one, I'm taking Presbyterian. You're taking Campbell. So those are our differences. So I need to win all those games to make up to make up our margin here of four games after our first day <laughs> of, <laughs> of our small conference tournament contest. Hopefully, Root can give us a little bit. Of where are, by the way, where are the second round games from yesterday? So these teams, because they play in their home court, they take a day off and they they travel now. That's what happens. Um, right? Because all our teams from yesterday, like Detroit's and the and the you know the Bucknells and the, you know, they're all off today. So they play Monday. They're off Tuesday. They play Wednesday. Or they play Tuesday off Wednesday. Play Thursday. I guess so, right? Because how they, wacko is that? They have to travel. That is so bizarre. Yeah, that is okay. <laughs> but then they'll finish because they go to one spot now, right? I guess. I mean, unless they go first and second round on. I think they go to one spot after that. The top team, the top seed. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We did it. We, you know, we were on with Lindemann yesterday. He didn't even know he did the game. He's in a room booking the games. He didn't even know the game wasn't being played at the place it was, which but, I didn't cover. By the way, I lost that bet. I you see, I you boat raced him, boat raced him, killed him. One of one of my double. I think one by ten. Uh, that game was a, that game was a route. So that that number was mispriced. <laughs> even at the day, it was it was a, it was a misprice. It should have been six seven. That was the right number, not three and a half. Right uh, for that. So, all right, we saw this gentleman yesterday at Circus Sports. Jim Root has man blown up. Guy is everywhere. Action Network, Three Man Weave, at Second Chance Points at Twitter to follow him. A guy who you absolutely should be following if you are a college basketball fan. If you're going to be betting in the month of March, if you're betting on these games coming up here today, it's an opportunity to. To pick his brain. Jim, good to see you. Matt and Dave, welcome to the show. That's great to be here, Matt. Yeah, we finally met in person yesterday. I kind of like, I surprised you. you were like, Who, who's I didn't guy? know who that was. <laughs> Jim's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, hi. He's like, I'm Jim. Bru-. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I didn't. I've been talking to you for years. He's yeah. never put face to name, never been in the same room. It's bizarre how I have these relationships. And Dave has these too. Like we, we know people in the media. We talked to them for years, but we don't see them. So yeah, like was, I saw it was you was like reveal. Yeah, I was like he's like hi I I'm Jim. I was like oh hi. hey what's going on? It was a very funny awkward moment. I apologize for me being a moron. But, that was great. Uh, that was very cool. Well, thank you for coming on. For you, like how much is this like go time for you and your in in your guys when you get to March? 
It's the best. I mean, you're talking these small conference attorneys, like these are teams that I've been handicapping and following all season. And suddenly like guys like you paying attention to Campbell Presbyterian. I love it. Like they're getting the camels getting their shine on a hump day today. It's fantastic. We're not, we're not paying attention as much as we're marveling at the idea. That there's, a, there's a line on these horrible basketball teams you can bet on. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're only horrible until they win you some money and then you love them. There's Jim, there's one team with a winning record today playing in these small conference tournaments. We just went through all of them. There's one winning record in the entire lot. It's not great. It's not great. But you know what? It's it's a money-making opportunity, and we don't turn those down. So, listen, it's great to see you. I'm sorry I got there a little bit late yesterday and missed you in person, Jim, but this is your time, and I try to describe to people in the book, like, there's a lot of soft numbers. There's a lot of opportunities. What are you looking at as someone – who actually has watched or paid attention to these teams. What do you tell someone that's coming in for conference tourney week? What should someone look at when they look at these games and see the lines, anything that you kind of can give them maybe at least a starting point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think usually I gravitate towards dogs and bigger dogs. I mean, it's single elimination. It's, it's winner go home. I, there's a, there's not a lot of quit factor. Mm. for for some of these underdogs so that's a big thing i'm looking at uh and then also like i I tend to gravitate towards some of the preseason expectations too because sometimes there are good teams that get off the rails in league play especially down the stretch and this feels like a fresh start for them so if you look back at our three man weave previews or even like the preseason poll from the conference uh, I, I think teams start to trend upward, and honestly, NCA and T was an example of that. I think that team's too talented to be in the eight nine game in the Big South, and they're able to get the win in overtime. So that's that's two uh, two uh, common tent poles, I think. There. All right, where are you on the Providence debate? We have spent a lot of time here. We were with Jared Smith last night from from Pickwise, and him and I, I'm, I'm, we're talking, we're hanging out, and he says the words "luck factor." And I go, oh, dude, you just lost me. He's like, I'm fading Providence the entire tournament. Their luck factor. I go, you didn't just quote luck factor to me, man. I was like, do me a favor. Quantify luck factor. What the hell is Ken Palm talking about? He tries to talk around it and explain it. We're having a good chuckle. And I'm like, okay, I've been betting on Providence for over a month now. I'm not stopping come the dance or the Big East tournament. I'm still betting on Providence. Where are you on the Friars? I think you ride the Friars as a dog. I believe they're undefeated against the spread as a dog this year. So if you get them there, then yeah, that's, that's basically auto bet. But in some of these close games, it does feel like, and I know you're going to, you're not going to like hearing it. There's a little bit of luck to it when, when they're not, I, I thought the best example was last night when Jared Bynum's trying to miss a free throw and he can't help, but make it like Providence can't help, but make shots at the end of games. It's been a remarkable story throughout the year, Durham and Bynum, especially and then it feels like other teams are they, they struggle in, in open jumpers. They had a they gave a wide open three at Butler that they could have lost on, and it was a brick. Even last night, there was a sequence where Nova had a three that could have gone up. Uh, I believe it was to go up eight. They missed, and they came down, and Providence immediately had a three to cut it to two. Like big swing there. The Friars are good though. Like some of what they do is sustainable because they are smart. They take care of the ball. Durham never misses free throws late in games. That's very good for close games. And they're like the, the experience and the coaching factors are hard to quantify, but they matter. And Providence has big time edges on a lot of teams in both those departments. So I don't think it's going to be pretty. Like if you're going to lay, I, I wouldn't lay like a big number with Providence in the first round. That would spook me. Uh, but 
they know how to win games and they've been in those situations over and over and over again. And I think there's going to be some edge to that come March Madness. So from one thing that really doesn't make sense to another thing that really doesn't make sense, the Big Ten. I don't know who's good in the Big Ten. I don't know who's bad in the Big Ten. It feels like a lot of teams are going to get it in the Big Ten. Purdue lay in a short number yesterday. A, a lot of people didn't get that result. And another lucky team like Wisconsin wins. What do you make of the Big Ten? And is this the year that a Big Ten team could actually make the Final Four or win the whole thing? Yeah, a Big Ten team's not winning the whole thing. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll come out and say that pretty strongly. I, they, they don't have that that kind of juice at the top. Purdue is maybe the closest. Them in Illinois, Purdue's defense is is too big of a problem. It's been a problem all season. They're outside the top 100 in analytical rankings on that, and I think that is telling. Uh, they don't have – Ken Baum is one place to look at it. It is not the Bible, so citing it, I don't want people to think I'm just like a, a devout acolyte of it, but – there's no Big Ten team in the top 10 at Ken Palm. I think that's kind of telling of there's a lot of really good teams, but there's not that great title contender. Um, so maybe we end up with something like last year where they got nine teams in the tournament, but only one made the Sweet 16. Like it, it's it's tough for this conference. I don't buy a lot of them long term, maybe because the refing is different in the NCAA tournament. They're not allowed to play as physical. Um, but it's just a different kind of game in that conference than you get in some of these neutral site big tournament games. So I'm kind of selling the Big Ten as we enter the the big dance. You know, last night we had the Purdue short number on the road. I'm curious your take on Auburn tonight against Mississippi State and the plus three and a half. I took it plus three and a half last night because it reeks of the same type of situation where the books, everyone was like, oh, Purdue minus three, hammer, hammer it against Wisconsin. Yeah, they'll easily go ahead and win that. And then you saw the outright win for Wisconsin last night. How do you feel? Matt Lindemann yesterday came on from WinBet, and I asked him for the SEC championship prediction, who's going to win the SEC championship tournament. And he said, if you want a flyer and a good value bet, take Mississippi State to win the SEC. And I was like, wait, what? And then the number is only three and a half for a home dog, which I am really gravitating towards heavily right now here in late season play. How do you feel about Mississippi State tonight against Auburn? I might have to have Matt give me a call and give me the pitch on Mississippi State in the SEC tournament because I'm not I'm not in on that. They, I think they've won one game away from Starkville this year. They've not been, right. or maybe on the road, but they are awesome at home. They're ten and six against the spread. Auburn's last five road games have been three outright losses and two non-covers at Georgia and Missouri. I'm with you tonight. I, I think Mississippi State's the bet there. Uh, number or not, especially three and a half. I like you getting that hook there. I saw a couple threes out there, so three and a half's great. Um, it, Auburn's just not, doesn't have the same juice on the road. They, they're, they're shot making guards. Don't feed off the crowd and build the swagger the way they normally do. Wendell green and Katie Johnson are like the Kings of that. They feed off mm. the crowd, but on the road, it hasn't been the same for them in Mississippi state much better at home. I think you put those dynamics together and, and I like the bulldogs. My only fear is it's Auburn off a loss. And so maybe a team that good actually bounces back, but that only goes so far. I, I think the home uh, road splits matter more in this one. Mm. Another game tonight, Alabama laying 10 against Texas A&M. Jim, I can't figure out Alabama. I mean, I've watched <laughs> this. I, I, you bet on them, you lose. You bet against them, they cover. They shoot threes one day. They look like they're going to win the national championship. They shoot threes bad one day, and they lose outright in a game and don't cover. What do you make of Alabama right now and then going forward? 
I, I think you're spot on. No one's figuring them out. I, it's it's hard to. Uh, the, the one thing, like last year, Alabama was fun because they had really good shooters and they took a bunch of threes. This year, they take a bunch of threes with some mediocre shooters. So uh, that has increased the variance. Uh, they can go 20% in the game and it's not like a crazy outlier for them. What I've sort of started to see with Alabama is oh, if they're laying 10 tonight. I bet they will be up 15 at some point, but I bet they'll win by six. Like mm. they, they, they let teams back in. They don't really slam the door. They keep that back door open for the dog. So I, I I'm, I'm kind of avoiding Alabama games and I'm probably going to have them as a fade in the NCAA tournament because I don't like the roster, how it meshes with mm. the style this season, unfortunately. Hmm. One more in the SEC, Jim. And tonight, LSU on the road at Arkansas. I'm and I'm teasing better to book it here a bit so Dave can hear one of my bets for tonight. But I took the points with LSU. I feel like Arkansas is in a bit of a letdown spot after the win over Kentucky. LSU has been good on the road, but LSU needs this game more. I'm not sure they win the game outright, but it felt like five and a half points was too heavy. How do you feel about LSU on the road tonight? Agreed. I, I first looked at this and was like, oh, Arkansas home. I want to back them. I like Arkansas at home. But the number, like you said, a little high, uh, up over five and starting to lean towards LSU there. Uh, Ken Paul has, has it as a three-point game. Yeah. which Nothing I, I, valuable, but like it's two and a half points of value. I was like, okay, Ken Paul says it's three and I got five and a half. Yeah. Indicative of, I, I think like we're starting to try to like increase Arkansas numbers because they're like 12 and two against the spread in their last 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won at LSU. I kind of like the, the road revenge flip-flop more where the team that lost at home now gets to go on the road, uh, getting a, a more beneficial number. And Xavier Pinson didn't play last game for LSU. He's their key point guard. Their offense is nothing without him. Getting him back on the floor and into the groove there has been huge for LSU. I think they can hang around there. It's going to be kind of up and down, but inefficient for both teams. Both defenses are great. Uh, I think getting the points is, is the way to go there. I'm with you again. Ruth, this Pac-12 has a lot of people like going, I don't know. I mean, yeah. is, is Arizona good enough to win the whole thing, one? And will you be at the Pac-12 tourney next week? And do you want to meet up and go to the game? <laughs> First question. Yes. I love, I love Arizona. I think they're, they're good enough to win. I saw them out here in Vegas back in November when they played, uh, was it Wichita and Michigan and they're the gigantic. second, yep. The second I walked into the gym, I was just like, Whoa, they're huge. They're, they they pass the get off the bus test. When they, when they get off the bus with their duffel bags, it's like, okay, those, those guys can play. Um, so I'm, I'm all in on Arizona. I, I took them 95 to one at that mm. day back in November. So I'm, mm. Big, big fan of the Wildcats going forward. Wow. Uh, as for the Pac-12 tourney, Dave, I'm no, I don't know. I have this, this split personality where I want to go see awesome live basketball, but there's also like 20 great games going on during that time period, and I want to just like plop myself down on a couch or in a sports book and watch them all. I so know. I'm still going through that internal debate. I will have to get back to you on that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting. What's the best Vegas college basketball tournament in your opinion? Mountain West, um, Big West, West Coast Conference, Pac-12. I will go with, well, I love the WCC because it's it's off center. It's not on that same weekend, so I don't have to miss right. as many games going to attend right. that one. I like the Orleans. Uh, I'll, I'll go Pac-12 still just because it is the power conference. You're, you're on the strip. You can just leave, walk right out and, and be hanging out on the strip. I'll go Pac-12. Maybe this year it's the Mountain West just because of the, the parity in the league. Okay. Um, that might be the most fun to watch. Eight to one, 
UNLV to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament? Yes Man, or I, no? I like it. I, I thought we'd get a better number. I, I went to the UNLV Colorado State game two weeks ago, and uh, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal was like, they were just 28 to 1. And then they beat the Colorado, Colorado State. The number went up, and they uh, I think they beat Nevada on the road that week, and they went up again. And so I was hoping to get a 15 to one and it just has kept going down. So eight, to I one. got 12 to one offshore. And I was like asking that. Dave, I was asking Dave literally like every day, Dave, when will the mountain West conference tournaments go up in Vegas? When will the most, when, when are these numbers going up in Vegas? He's like, every, they wait till after the regular season. Every single they, day. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was like, where is that number, Dave? I want to bet UNLV. Where is it? I don't, I don't, I want to on shore. I don't want to bet it off. I want to bet it. I have it off, but I want it on. And then open eight to one. I was like, you that's, jerks. That's, that's a tough number, man. Yeah, they're they're sharp with that. I mean, they're they're hosting the tournament. That's pretty rare in a in a big conference like that. I wanted to get the Rebs, but that number's maybe a, just a hair short for me. Are you in in agreement that it's Boise State or UNLV to win the tournament, or do you like somebody else? I kind of like somebody else. I I'm a I've been a big fan of Colorado State and Wyoming all year. Um, and maybe to my detriment lately with Wyoming, they just lost at home to San Diego State. Uh, they're at UNLV tonight, so uh, if anybody wants uh, out in Vegas wants to go get the eye test on them, uh, they've got shooters and two really good post players, and I think they're kind of weird to defend because of that. Their point guard posts up, so I like the Cowboys, mm. uh, but I, I think that league is or that tournament is like five or six teams can win, and that's why I think it's going to be a great event to watch because there's going to like from the quarterfinals on, it's going to be kind of coin flip type games. It's going to be great. That's interesting. I didn't know that they were playing here tonight. Yeah. Wyoming is a weird team. They're great at home, but are they athletic enough? I mean, they, I, I watched their last game, <laughs> right? They're just not that post player is not athletic. The center that they use, they got a couple of guards who can shoot, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of was like, all right, tough place to go play. You're going to Wyoming. It's cold. It's nasty. It's a hard trip, you know, trip up there. But like here in Vegas, I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to fare tonight or even in the tournament. I don't know how they're going to fare. Yeah, the athleticism concern is real. Uh, they can't stop like a great one-on-one wing score. Matt Bradley went for 30 against them the other night. Bryce I Hamilton tonight? Hamilton's going to have 30-plus, I think. Right? If he wants to. <laughs> if he wants to, he can have 30. Yep. Whew. Can I ask one more? Yeah, of course. Before you go. UConn is playing at Creighton tonight. Matt picks Creighton games every time we do the show. and they It play. will be on better. It's on better to book it. I know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm scouting ahead. I'm scrolling the board, and I'm like, oh, UConn's laying four at Creighton today. Creighton's best player is out. Hurt his wrist. I can't even remember his name. I know you know it. Ryan Nemhart. Yeah. Ryan Nemhart. UConn minus four tonight at Creighton, Jim. I don't love UConn as a road favorite. I just, they kind of make me uneasy. I I was looking at that game wanting to bet against Creighton because the on-off splits for Nemhard are really stark. They're they're good when he's on the court. They're bad when he's off. And granted, the sample with him off is pretty small because he he played like every minute when he was around. They didn't have a lot of depth at point guard. Well, that's, that's showing up right now. They just got blasted at Providence over the weekend. UConn, if I trusted them more, I'd be willing to lay it. But that's a great home crowd in Omaha, and uh, I think they'll probably be hyped for this one. So I don't know. I'm staying away. I'm gonna sit on my hands. It's boring. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if the home crowd's gonna be hyped for this one. This is a tough. This is tough. This is a midweek game in the beginning of March 
after a 20 point whipping and the fan base is a very smart fan base. They know what their team is right now. Mm. And Ty Alexander is not Ryan Nemhart. And <laughs> it's a lot to ask this freshman to step in and replace a top 10 freshman recruit in Ryan Nemhart and a guy that was going to be, you know, in the conversation for first team all American for freshmen. It's I don't, I, I watch more blue Jay games than most people. And I can, I, I, this is a turtle game for me. I, I think UConn comes in there and, blows their doors off it's it's possible that's that's the great part though like when you watch a team as much as you watch Creighton you get a really good sense for like when you're getting a good effort when not how much the players mean so I would I would probably defer to your your expertise on that one I'm so mad at myself for not dropping like as much as I possibly could afford on (laughs) Providence minus five it was it was like the most it was the easiest bet of the college basketball season like it wasn't even like I didn't even I pulled the trigger on it it was like yep bet it and then when the we were talking about it three days before the line came out, and I'm like, it's gonna be nine. It's gonna be Providence minus nine. Like it, it can't. <laughs> I it can't. couldn't believe it was five either. That was. I shocking. was like, who the hell made the five? I was like, that is ridiculously low, and they won by twenty. Yeah, and I, I thought like, five was a good number if Nemhard was playing. Correct. Yes. <laughs> exactly. They're at full strength. Then he's he's at five without him. And the first game without him, after they had to come back and beat St. John's on the road, he breaks his wrist in the game against St. John's. They played the whole second half. Alexander scores 16 in the second half, and it was awesome. But in that crowd with Providence to win their first ever Big East championship? Yes, yes. (laughs) Three, two freshmen and a D2 transfer are not going into Providence in the dunk and beating that team on that night. That was that was never happening. I that was that was absolutely nuts. Jim, give the folks the information. Where can they find your stuff? Where can they follow your in and hear about your you guys and the picks you guys do every day? Yeah, we're we're everywhere. Like you mentioned, we're just kind of got our, our our toes in a whole bunch of different waiting pools here. We, we've got uh, write ups and podcasts at Action Network. We've got our own podcast, Three Man Weave. I'm um, doing a little bit of writing and show appearances on Pixwise with Jared, as you mentioned, um, and then uh, a little bit of Field of 68, where we got a daily best bet show on there. That's it. Kind of conflicts with your show, so I don't want to like okay. pull people away. But yeah, it's no, it's, it's ten uh, ten a.m. Pacific on uh, weekdays and 8 15 a.m. on weekends. So is Goodman on your show ever? We haven't gotten him on there. We, I don't, yeah. I don't trust that man's gambling brain. I, I think he, he can <laughs> give us some scoop, injury scoops, but I don't want him giving out picks. Yeah. Tell Goodman, <laughs> tell Goodman Peralt said, get lost. You know, so, <laughs> we'll, we'll do. We'll do. I, I love Jeff. Did Jeff's a good dude. No, 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 great guy. Jim, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. All right. See you, Jim. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. That is Jim Root at Second Chance Points to follow him on Twitter here on the Bostonian versus the book. Yeah, Jeff Goodman and I go way back. So, uh, but he's been doing the Field of 68 stuff a, a, a lot with that. So that was that was super fun. I'm I'm surprised he's staying away from UConn. I thought he'd be on UConn coming up here for tonight. That's that's somewhat surprising. All right. Uh, let's get into the bet prep prop of the day. Missed yesterday by a half on the hook. Bay got two assists in the first half and zip the rest of the way. So they were banged up and angry about that yesterday. So the bet prep prop of the day today is Harrison Barnes over 15 and a half points tonight. This number can be found at DraftKings at minus 120 at the time of this for uh for Saquon Barkley where is the information sorry Saquon Barkley sorry for um Harrison Barnes Harrison Barnes is a dude that I always I always have like too much knowledge because I've known him for so long so like I'm always oh he's he was in Iowa right yeah, it was. I mean, I was at his announcement when he made the declaration right. for going to North right. Carolina. So I always feel like I'm supposed to have more like 
I don't know. Like I, I have to check myself because I want. I always want to go. Like, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and let's bet this because it's you know it's it's going to hit and it's he's going to go over. But how are you feeling about overs for prop bets right now in the NBA? It feels like we should be betting more unders. No, we should probably always be betting more unders. Just in general, in life. <laughs> in the book. So yes, NBA, NBA uh, props for sure. I'm going under. I mean, you know, I, I, I think I'm the mush right now. Every time I say I like these, they, they, they lose, but you didn't bet yesterday. Did you say you liked it yesterday or no? Yeah. I mean, the argument was there for, right. I mean, and again, the numbers so good at this point in the season, you're going to really have trouble finding a number that's way off. Um, you know, when when you give the odds makers in the books all the information that you give them 60 games into an NBA season, the numbers are pretty tight. That's right. why, I mean, I tell people like the NCAA tournament, it's hard to beat unless you're betting favorites and the favorites win. Like the numbers are good most of the time. This number's good. Um, but I like the way the Pelicans, I mean, they're six point favorites in this game. Yeah, so, so so here are the numbers here. So Terrison Barnes, over 15 and a half. He has scored 16 or more points in nine of his last 11. That's 81%. Okay. 16 or more in five of his last six, 83% on the road. 16 or more in six of his last seven when he his team is a dog. And 16 or more in five of the last six against teams with a losing record, which is what today, New Orleans, the Pelicans are last in the NBA in both points allowed to small forwards and field goals made by small forwards in the NBA. The logic's there as to why you go with Harrison Barnes. He averages 17 and a half a game. That's his average. And he's now only at 15 and a half. So shading him down. Yeah, the road number always comes down. It's interesting to me, and this is something that I want to talk to the bet prep folks a little bit more. Are they suggesting the bets that they think that people will want to play? Or are they suggesting they think bets that are going to hit? Because as far as I can tell, we haven't had an under on a prop bet yet. No. And like, I think we had an under... Three, two weeks ago, maybe, but the vast majority of these bets are all going over. Like they're all over bets, which I get why people prefer to watch something happen than to yep. bet on something to not happen. But I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, this is what a lot of guys do. Um, do successful of- betters bet over a lot on props? No. Right. <laughs> so- I mean, not not on the regular. Like you, right. you can bet over sometimes, but if you bet ninety percent of overs, unless your formulas and stuff is better, no. I I think you know unders happen more often just for like dumb reasons. Guys get in foul trouble. Uh, you know, guys guy get hurt. Twists his ankle. Guys, yeah. you know, someone else is having a good game and he don't get the time, the minutes. Like it's weight. I think easier inherently to go under. Mm. And I think a lot of like, you know, sharp guys take under books, need unders because it's who bets under rooting for a guy not to do stuff and against him being successful. It's kind of, you know, the opposite of what you want to bet. So I know why people bet overs, but no, I, I definitely don't think that somebody can consistently bet 80% of their bets or more on overs and really, 
Unless they're finding soft numbers, that mm-hmm. I don't think they can win. It's tough. Very tough. Interesting. All right, time now for bet it or book it. I got three plays. Two and one again yesterday. We're keeping on this two and one train rolling along. Yes. It's you know slow and steady. Nothing outstanding. Nothing over the top. But we're going to start in hockey. Nashville and the Kraken. They both are top seven teams to overs in the NHL. Five and a half is the number. I got minus 120 on this last night as we were sitting at Circa. How do you feel about the Nashville Predators and Seattle Kraken over five and a half goals tonight? Worried about the Kraken side of this. Um, 4-2 win for Nashville is what I, I think. I, I think I'm, I would actually, I think I'm going to book this one. Okay. Because I think Nashville's capable of winning this 4-1 is the number that comes to my head, which would be under the five and a half. So Right, which is why it hasn't moved, I think. Yeah, like the Kraken may only get one goal or get shut out. I think, again, and with a lot of these overs where you don't have both dance partners like yesterday, mm-hmm. like they fly over. You know, the New Jersey Devils are great. I've hit um, my last three overs in the NHL, by the way. You what? I've hit my last three over bets in the NHL. This is good. Goal, goals in the NHL is not hard right now. <laughs> no. They're easy to, easy to come by at the moment. And books still are reluctant to go to seven on games that are six and a half. You can bet over six and a half in these games like yesterday. Fell 4-3. I mm-hmm. mean, so I'll go under this one, though. I'll, I'll, I'll book this one. I may need an open net goal for, for a 4-2 win, but you might. we might need to get there. All right, so we heard it with Jim Root. LSU plus five and a half. He likes it. I'm on it. Kempom gives me two points, two and a half points of value here. I think it's an Arkansas fade after the win over Kentucky. And I think LSU is playing for more here. They get their point guard back as well. Betting or booking LSU on the road, catching five and a half to Arkansas. Um, Man, I really, really like Arkansas. I really so do I. like Arkansas at home. I got to go against all that stuff. This is too heavy. It is? Five and a half is too heavy. Look at the Kentucky game. One by two. They led a bunch of them. A bunch of that last second three killed everyone's two and a half bets. Can LSU win this game? Yes. Outright, yes. On the road? Yes. They can win this game outright. Yes. Do I think they they do? No. I think Arkansas by three. I think Ken Palm's right. All right. I'll bet it with you. Ooh, all right. I don't think they can win the game. I mean, at this point. Arkansas coming off a gigantic win. It just definitely seems too high, but I know why it's high because they just won that game. And they're 12 and two ATS at home. They're very good at home. <laughs> Man. It's a fade. It's, it's an early play to yeah, the, sell high on, on Arkansas. Cause I think the number is inflated. Makes perfect sense. We'll bet it. UConn laying four against the Creighton Blue Jays. I've already kind of laid out the case on here, but I don't think the Jays have the athletes to hang here. The Jays beat UConn your at... people. You're going Jays, against all your people? Jays beat UConn at UConn. You heard Jim talk about the revenge factor. It's the same thing. UConn has a chance to make some noise here. I I hate UConn. Okay, you know this. I don't like this team. I don't like their coach. I don't like their university, but they got athletes and the Jays are lacking big time in that department. It's hard for an East Coast team from Connecticut to go to Omaha, Nebraska. It's on a fun trip. It's cold. It's a far flight. It's a pain in the ass to get there. 
normally you're flying through Chicago unless you're chartering and UConn basketball might charter, but you're flying to, you know, a place that you don't really want to have to go. And then you're walking into a 17,000 buzzsaw of a building. The problem is I've seen these Wednesday games in March. Everyone's looking ahead to the conference tournament and their best player, Ryan Nemhart is out and the fans kind of sit on their hands a little bit because they're really concerned about what's mm-hmm. about to happen. They just saw their team lose by 20 to Providence. I think UConn wins by 10. Double digit win? Yeah. I don't think the Jays can score enough. UConn is extremely athletic and can really run up and down the floor. Unless Ryan Hawkins goes for like 30 and 15 tonight. I just don't see the Jays winning. I don't, I don't see them covering. Man, we've been talking for two weeks on this show about taking home dogs. Yep. You got your home dog against the little puppies like Frankie called them. <laughs> And you're gonna take UConn? You're crazy, man! I'm I'm booking this. Wow! How about that? Covers. All right. Creighton may circle the wagons and win this thing at home for the home crowd. Send these boys off to New York City with a home win. Come is on, this man. is this Senior Day? Hold on, let me see something here. Senior me, Day too? No, I gotta see. They don't have any seniors, but like it, it's, um, oh, it's they, they they might. Let me see. Uh. Yeah, it doesn't. Is it the last home game? I don't. I'm trying to look at Creighton sends me their game notes. I'm trying to, and I don't think I got the game notes from, or I deleted it from my email um, for this game for for, for UConn. But I, I don't know if it, this is a this is senior night. But they don't have any seniors. That's the other problem. Like they don't have seniors. <laughs> like if I had seniors, I might go. Oh, okay, there's something to that. Uh, this is not a whiteout game. This is not a. This is just a. Uh, yeah, it's no, it's it's fan appreciation night. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? What? Oh my, I made a little bit of a mistake. What? Uh-oh. I screwed up. I probably shouldn't have bet this. I should have known better. What? <sighs> so tonight is Steve Lapis dollar beer night. You said the crowd wasn't going to be raucous. Oh, it's going to be lit. It's going to be crazy. Yep, that's my bad. So you Dollar can beer night is always a loud crowd, no matter. Well, what. especially at this crowd because they drink like you have no idea what oh, Blue Jay fans can do. Money Creighton, line, Creighton. Creighton fans can absolutely throw back with any fan base in college basketball. They had ah. they they had beer before it was cool to have beer. It was a real big controversy because. They're they're one of the first schools. The NCAA had to alter like alter their rules because they moved off campus. And if you're on campus, you couldn't serve alcohol. But if you were off campus, you were able to serve alcohol. And the Jays played not like a couple of their games, like Hart, like UConn plays in Hartford at the Excel Center, but then they go on campus. There's no home court on campus for the Blue Jays. So they would have 17,000 people there and they'd serve beer all the time. In the suites, they first did it. And then they NCAA basically said, okay, now you can do it across the board. You can have alcohol. So Steve Lapis, a couple of years ago, I forget where it started, but Steve Lapis basically said something along the lines, like, I'm going to go to Omaha and I'll buy everybody a beer. And they turned it into basically like Steve Lapis going ahead and buying dollar beer night. So you can show up at 6 p.m. an hour, an hour and a half before the game goes in 12 ounce beers for $1 for an hour and a half before tip off. So they can get lubed up quick. I was just at that softball tournament over the weekend, and they were charging $12 for a 12-ounce beer. 
Uh, when I was there, it was nine. I, I'm guessing it's probably 13, 14 bucks for it. It's dollars tonight. It's $1 tonight. Yeah. Dollar Bud Light. Only one beer, but Dollar Bud Lights. Load up. <laughs> Load up. Oh my. Yeah. You're going to have triple fist and you're going to have one, two in one of the mouth, you know, like carry the, carry the plastic cup, you know, you just bite it and you kind of walk quickly. That's what they're going to do tonight. Oh boy. Yeah. It's my bad. I should have, I should have researched that. That's, <laughs> that's my creating knowledge and not researching it. Just looking at UConn. I'll stick with the bet, but I don't think they can handle it, but the atmosphere, there's no debate. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely ridiculous. UConn, by the way, Creighton, is by the way, UConn is, playing for any position change? Yes. In, it, Oh, yes. they are playing for a seed. Yes, 100%. Uh, but the Jays are 4-0 all-time against UConn, including the win uh, in in stores last time out. Oh, so 59-55 right was the win, but that was with Ryan Nemhart on the court. So Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, I, I still think UConn. I still, I, I still think. So if the, if the Jays win, they clinch a top-five seed in the Big East tournament, and they get an opening round bye. So the Jays are playing for something, but UConn is... UConn can clinch a top three seed in the Big East tournament with a win tonight. Is that a double buy? No, not in the, not in the because there's only 10 teams. Okay. So no, there okay. are 11 teams. So the no. Double buy thing that they invented. That's, that's quite, <sighs> that's a small market. That's a small, that's a big 10 thing. You know, that's, a, that's when, when you, when you have 14 teams in your conference tournament, you're like, um, how the hell do we do this? Okay. Give the first round team, the first seed, a double buy. They didn't wait for two days. Yeah, I guess it's so ridiculous. Yeah, so that's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Dollar beer night. That's, that's my bad. I missed that. Omaha. That's the thing about, we're talking about the College World Series last night. If you guys ever gone to the College World Series, that is a drunk fest. You can see Omaha people throw down during that week and a half for the College really? World Series. Oh my gosh, it's fun. It's so, it's so unique. <laughs> Especially if LSU is there or like one of the big Texases or is there. The big fan base shows up and they take over the city. Every bar is to the rafters and it's just straight throwback 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 <laughs> constant putting back beers all right time for our favorite thing for today today's show flew wow we're already over eleven thirty. favorite thing about today is what to you um i don't really know yet it hasn't happened yet um obviously now it's the crowded dollar beer night <laughs> on this no um immediately it's my post-show walk and nap that's coming after, yeah. after our night. Amen last to that. Night. I am going yeah. 100% making arrangements to be left alone for the next three hours so I can go and just rest before I go do the shows later. Um, but no, it, 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 it's, um, you know, uh, last night was so much fun just to, just to have the visit. I had an amazing time with the kids at the Harlem Globetrotter show. Oh, that's right. We didn't even talk about that. Sorry. It was so much fun. Um, and they've, they're doing the same show slash shtick that they've been doing for 70 years. And it's still funny, but they updated it. Like at one point, you know, they microphone one guy and he kind of runs the show back in the right. day. It was metal arc lemon screaming without a microphone. Now the guy wearing a wireless mic running up and down the court doing it. The referee said two shots, and he said, is it Moderna or Johnson & Johnson? And he was like, 
And so you only need one shot. And the referee's like, it's two shots. And he said, maybe one shot plus a booster. Oh, that's awesome. How witty is, is this? They, they've, they've updated it with the music and all the different things. And it was an absolute joy to watch. They brought kids out to dance. Kendall didn't get to go out, but we told the story and they did a remembrance of Fred Curly Neal, who was the old guy. Yeah. 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 Lit around the dance. He passed away. Sure. 2020. And of COVID, right? Yes. Oh. And I, well, I believe it was. Yeah. And COVID related. It wasn't yes. like, yeah, it was after but, COVID, but yeah. So they, you know, they, they showed highlights of him and they might've, it might've been at the civic arena in Pittsburgh when I was six years old, like one of the highlights, you know, cause he's doing the same thing, yeah. but it looked familiar. And, and that was the guy along with Meadowlark Lemon and Geese Osby that I fell in love with. Mm. And I was sharing it with my kids and literally had one of those moments where I just took that snapshot that I talked about with you. And I was like, this is cool. Everybody yeah. got a t-shirt after nice. got a program. It was a lot of fun. So well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that when they, they get home from school. Today. That's awesome. Yeah. For me, I'm super, this is the part of the semester that I really like to get rolling with my class at UNLV yeah. and cause we're into the rhythm of it now. And so now we start to like, they've got assignments that are due today. And How it, did they, they like the lesson of seeing you do the show live? They didn't know what the hell to make of it. Like it was really interesting. It was sort of like this, like, um, holy shit moment type of thing of like, he actually does do this. Like you could see it in their face. Like it was different. Like I was looked at suddenly I had like a different place in their heads. Like, like the, the eyeballs changed in terms of like the way that they were, it was kind of like, oh, he really is doing this stuff. Like, it's not like on paper, like Matt Peralta does, blah, blah, blah. Like they watched me on this show and it was kind of just like, huh? Like they, they locked in the, 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 the lecture that came afterwards, they were locked in. Like they definitely were more, you know, closely paying attention. And like, I wasn't seeing eyeballs drift off into space and they weren't like looking down at their phone or doing like they were, they were all like really intrigued as to what we were doing. So that was, that was cool to kind of give them a little bit of a look of like, yeah, uh, we actually do do this. Like, this is what we do every day is we, we have these conversations and whatnot. So that was, that was fun to do in front of them, but it, we're going into the point now of like, they know what to expect. So now it's time to get to work and like, let's go guys. Like now we got to really start to put some metal down and start to really figure out how we get to the end of the semester. And like, you know, the, the podcasts are going to be producing and stuff along those lines. So I like this part because it's, it's the opinion part of the semester and we start getting into opinions and arguing and conversations, how to structure your opinions, how to build a topic. And this, this is when I really, it's less about what you say or how you're saying it. It's more about what you say right now, mm. which I like a lot more. It's easier than because the kids get sensitive sometimes when you're critiquing how they sound. So it's better to talk about what they're saying. And this is, this is fun. So I, I'm psyched to get to get to class today and the weather's nice now. And so it's, oh, it's, so nice. it's fun. To, I mean, it's, it's one of the more, I, you told me about it, about coaching, but it's, it's such an, I'm, I'm 44. I'm going to sound old by saying this, but being around young people fires me up. Energy. It, it just, it's something about a college campus. I never got that idea of like, why why older people like being professors like yeah it's fun to be a professor it's fun to teach kids and blah 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 but it's more than that it's this vibe you get when you're around these energetic loving life 
looking towards the future people. And it's just fun. It's just, I, I love going on campus. I love that now that we can be there. The mask mandate's gone. So it's a hell of a lot easier to teach without the masks being on. And yeah. it's just fun. So I'm psyched to get, to get, do that, to do that today. Did they call so, you Professor P? No, they just call me Professor or Matt. Or like some call me Professor Peralt. So some oh. will say Professor Peralt, but I, I always find that that sounds weird to me. <laughs> so I'm just like, just call me Matt. <laughs> like it's just, it's easier. Just, just, I, I don't know. It sounds odd. Um, one kid called me sir. And I was like, don't do that. Like, uh, I was like, I, I don't need to be called sir. Like we're, like we're all cool here, guys. Like, Love you know, I, I swear in class, guys, like you don't need to call me sir. Yeah, like right we're all going to, yeah, yeah. those are all like the, we set, ground rules early in the semester i'm like all right anybody have a problem with i speak frankly like what do you mean frankly like can i curse they're like oh yeah like can we curse i'm like yeah they're like awesome like let's go so it kind of breaks down the wall and gets them excited about being being yeah so it's just yeah i i never thought i'd like this as much as i like it it's it's really cool it's 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 a very fun thing you guys go and like and subscribe to where you find the bostonian versus the book dave goes on hammer down and all of a sudden, we've got all these new viewers, all these new listeners. So if you're, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for, for being a part yes. of it. Uh, it's It's been super fun here. And, you know, we're we're approaching our, what, four-month anniversary on March the 13th. So it feels like we've been doing this a hell of a lot longer than we have been. But we are literally just starting this out. So we appreciate you guys listening and watching. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're almost to 300 subscribers. We got to blow this thing up, guys. So if you've not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do that. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts as well by searching The Bostonian versus The Book. And we're back for a Thursday. I got it right this time. Edition of The Bostonian versus The Book coming up tomorrow. He's Matt. I'm Dave. Talk to you tomorrow.